Thanks to Corsa for supporting Another Mother Runner and for making cute, innovative running clothes. Corsa is dedicated to delivering original, performance-driven apparel designed for runners by runners. Get $20 off your order at roadrunnersports.com AMR. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. Shopping with Thrive Market is healthy without the hassle. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Join today at thrivemarket.com AMR to get $20 off your first order and an exclusive free gift. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hey there, how you doing? Good, I am good. What are you working on these days, writing-wise? Um, I actually just turned in a, a shoe review just a little while ago, so. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> making me have flashbacks to my like two decades as the shoe editor at Shea Magazine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, who's, who's it for and was it running shoes? It, yeah, they were, um, it, it was uh, the new Spartan trail running shoe, which is um, made by Kraft. Oh, um, uh-huh. And I have never tried a Kraft product before. I mean, other than clothing. And yeah. um, I have to say, I actually just, I was kind of blown away by how much I love this shoe. I did not know. So, and for folks who are wondering, that's Kraft with a C, not a K. We are not talking about macaroni and cheese shoes. <laughs> so so i didn't i didn't know i certainly know that craft makes apparel they make one of my favorite running vests but i didn't know they made shoes yeah i think maybe this is a newer foray i'm not really sure but it's i mean the the partnership between the two companies is new so Mm. but i i mean they nailed it It, i i loved the shoe they nailed it for my personal preferences right Mm. everyone's different so yeah yeah well, that, that is awesome. Yeah. Shoes are such a personal preference. I mean, I am so in love with the, um, so I run in Topo shoes and mm-hmm. they just upgraded the Phantom. Um, so, you know, the first one was the Phantom one, Phantom two. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you changed the colors. Yeah. So what? Oh my gosh. The improvements they made just give me such a spring in my step yet. It, it's not a sloppy shoe. They've, um, the, the laces, this is so silly, but they made the laces kind of stretchy and it makes all the difference. And mm. oh, I'm just Very in nice. love with it. But the thing is, is that I had stockpiled some uh, fan, the original Phantom because I right. was like, oh, you know, I, I um, bought them from during the pandemic and I wanted to support our local running store. And now I'm like, oh, I only want to wear the Phantom 2 now. <laughs> 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 so, oh, yeah oh my gosh so good so good so but um i hear you are stepping on some things when you're running it's very crunchy around here right now um <laughs> we have the 17 year cicadas out and about in the mid-atlantic um <laughs> it's insane i mean I, I remembered it from 17 years ago but th- i don't know what's going on this time well there's all kinds of, they, they have some sort of a fungus this time, which makes oh. them even noisier and crazier. And <laughs> it, you know, it's all about sex. I mean, they, they, they crawl out and then, you know, they immediately go into overdrive trying to attack, attract their mates. And it's just, I, and I live in a very um, tree filled 
neighborhood. And so they, they climb, I don't know if you know, but they climb out of the ground, they shed their shells kind of on the, the, the tree trunks, mm-hmm. and then they make their way up to the top to the canopies and, mm-hmm. and recreate, uh, you know, procreate up there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then the eggs, you know, end up in the ground and it all starts all over again. Um, but it goes on for about a month here. Mm-hmm. And um, we're in about week three of just it, the noise is just unreal. I mean, it, it really is. And then when you're running, you know, they, they kind of, they're flying into you and you're mm-hmm. stepping on them. My dog is making his stomach ill every day because he eats so many. It's, <laughs> it's just, I'm a little over, like it, it's a really cool phenomenon, but the novelty has gone now. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I've certainly heard about it on NPR, you know, and, and, but right. I mean, how, how, like in, let's say you went on a five mile run, how many cicadas would hit you like run into you while you're running i mean maybe you know three to five it's more about the ground like the ground is covered you Mm. just can't i mean it's either it's either covered with shells or carcasses or live ones you know um it's just they're everywhere yeah oh my gosh because see we just really have very few bugs that bother us out here in oregon so Just, I'm not accustomed to being hit by bugs or, you know, <laughs> stop. And, you know, like I, I've told this story before on the podcast, but when I was living temporarily in Chicago with Jack before we got married and I just, we, I was begging him to take me on a nature walk or a hike somewhere. And he's like, okay. And the, the mosquitoes were just insane. And whenever we would stop, they would just swarm us. Ugh, yeah. And um, where am I thinking? Oh, um, I guess we were talking to some women. It, uh, they were training for Twin Cities. And they were, I think the t- women were from one of the Dakotas. And they were just talking about how, you know, the bugs just are swarming around them as they run. And I just... I can't fathom it. So it's so it's just intriguing to me the the regional differences. So it's not just people sure. looking at me and they're like, oh, how do you run in the rain? And right. you know, and I'm like you run with a bug infestation. <laughs> right, right. So it's all your what what you're willing to tolerate, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, wow. So you got about another week of it left. Yeah, or I am probably a little bit longer. I yeah. I someone said. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like a four to six week event, basically. Okay. Cause isn't there some t- countdown clock or something somewhere? <laughs> some that clever would be, person. A good idea. There should be one. There should be one, but I, I'm not sure if there is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, in honor of pride month and AMR's push to be more inclusive and diverse, we are kicking off a new series and this is the first in it. It's called run in my shoes in which uh, roughly Every month, we're going to have an episode that brings um, a different voice onto the AMR podcast or voices um, to get people's different people's perspective on um, how they feel running. So today, as I said, as part of an honor of Pride Month, we're talking to two lesbian runners, both of whom are members of Front Runners New York, a running club based in, you guessed it, New York City for LGBTQ runners. Front Runners is affiliated with New York Road Runners, the group that hosts the New York City Marathon. Front Runners was founded in 1979. We'll talk with the club's director at large and women's vice president after this break. Please stay with us. I'm headed back east this weekend for a five-day trip to visit my mother and my best friend. And word on the street is I'll be met by warm temps and our friend humidity. I'll be ready. I'm packing several pairs of Corsa running shorts. 
Corsa is the fun, functional running apparel line sold exclusively by Roadrunner Sports. Corsa pieces are designed by a mother runner who is a guest on our show in January. She told us about bringing her experience training for and running more than a dozen marathons to designing Corsa apparel. And that by runners for runners ethos is evident in the brand's running shorts. I especially adore the embrace style. They are available in three lengths of inseam, three inch, five inch, and seven inch, all with built-in briefs. All embrace shorts are made from the yummiest lightweight fabric. A blend of polyester and spandex, the fabric offers four-way stretch to move with your every movement. Perhaps most impressively, the two longer styles of these track style shorts boast five, five pockets, including two front zip pockets and one back zip sweatproof pocket, which is perfect for stashing a mobile phone, no matter its size. You need to experience Corsa for yourself, and we have an amazing exclusive offer for our community. Shop the entire Corsa collection at roadrunnersports.com AMR to get $20 VIP reward cash to spend on your first Corsa apparel purchase, plus a free 90-day trial in the Roadrunner Sports VIP program. That's a lot of info, so here's the thumbnail version. Go to roadrunnersports.com AMR and you get $20 off your first Corsa purchase. As always with Roadrunner Sports, you get free shipping on your order. Don't delay. Right after listening to this episode, scoot over to roadrunnersports.com slash AMR to save $20 on your first Corsa apparel purchase. roadrunnersports.com slash AMR. I know some of you don't dig these Dipsy ads, but we chose to listen to testimonials from numerous women who expressed their sincere gratitude to us for turning them on to the Audio Erotica app. Yes, intentional pun. Dipsy is the audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are immersive and relatable, so you can select the scenario of your choice, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Dipsy also serves up wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. But let's get back to sexy stories and a testimonial from a grateful listener. One Midwestern runner emailed us, I've struggled with low libido for multiple years, and like many moms, it has been more challenging since my kids were born. I talked to my doctor about it and even tried a medication, but it didn't seem to help. I heard about the Dipsy app on the AMR podcast and thought there was nothing to lose on a 30-day free trial. I was pleasantly surprised how easy it was to relax with the audio. The stories are tasteful and well-produced. The best part has been how effective the stories are for sparking the mood. Each one is about 10 minutes, and they quickly get me turned on for intimacy. It might seem odd to send a thanks for this recommendation, but I truly feel like it is going to be a very positive thing for my marriage. As she said, for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash AMR. Dipsystories.com slash AMR. It's summertime and the live-in should be easy. One way to lighten the load? Thrive Market. Let Thrive Market deliver what you need so you can spend more time enjoying the season. Thrive Market is healthy without the hassle. Thrive Market has an amazing selection of high quality, healthy, and sustainable products online. Organic and essential groceries, clean beauty, safe supplements, ethical meat, clean wine, and more. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that delivers your order to your door with carbon-neutral shipping from their zero-waste warehouses in 100% recyclable packaging. Woo! So green! That makes me feel good about my deliveries. And on orders of $49 or more, shipping is free. Thrive Market has membership options of monthly or annually to suit your lifestyle. A one-month membership is $9.95 a month, and a 12-month membership is $5 a month, billed at $59.95. 
And when you get a paid membership, Thrive Market provides a free one for a low-income family. As a Thrive Market member, I typically save $20 to $40 on every order, which makes sense as members save an average of $32 on every order. Join today at thrivemarket.com AMR to get $20 off your first order and an exclusive free gift. The only way to get this offer is by going to thrivemarket.com AMR to get that exclusive offer of $20 off your first order and a free gift. You can't get this offer anywhere else thrivemarket.com slash AMR. All right. Our first guest is Lisa Teague, the director at large for Front Runners New York. Lisa had a somewhat, I would say, meteoric rise in the club. She joined in 2017 with the club's beginner clinic. She's involved with the club's fun runs and volunteer events. Lisa lives in New York City with her daughter, and she works in human resources at an area hospital. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Great, great. So before we get to the runner part of the story, let's start with the mother aspect. Um, how old is your daughter? And are you a single parent from your bio on the Front Runners website? I got that sense. Yeah, my daughter, Emma, is eight years old. And I share custody with her with my ex and it's very amicable. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, she supports me in my running and I support her in her uh dancing she's not quite a runner but there's always hope right oh i have uh, one of my three kids is a dancer and i just <laughs> love because it's something you can see you know that yes. you can watch you don't have to move from place to you don't have to shuttle around a city to see you can just sit there in one seat and watch <laughs> definitely has its advantages you're right <laughs> yeah yeah so um lisa tell us about how you got into running and and what prompted you to do the beginners clinic with front runners Oh, absolutely. So I kind of fell into running, you know, uh, you know, in my 30s, I kind of grew up very active, but I played sports in, you know, junior high school and high school, mostly basketball and soccer. And, um, I, you know, I'll tell you, I didn't love the running part of uh, soccer. We used to have to do all those training runs, do a mile and a certain amount. It wasn't my thing at that age, but I was in my 30s. I got kind of challenged by two friends who were doing a small 5K. And uh, one of my friends, Deirdre, said, you know, the three of us, we should all do the marathon next year. And we... <laughs> That <laughs> was like, you're kidding me. She's like, no, well, we train for New York uh, Roadrunners has this great thing. It's nine plus one. So if you do nine races and volunteer one year, then the following year, you have guarantee entry into mm-hmm. the marathon. Uh, so we all said yes to it as a challenge, laughingly, like, are we actually going to do this? But we did it. So uh, I did my marathon about 15 years ago. Uh, and then continued running, but mostly kind of scaled back to half marathons or so. And then took off some time um, to have my daughter and raise her. Uh, but then the running kind of fell by the wayside. And back in 2017, I was ready to get back into running. And thankfully, front runners had the beginner's clinic. And uh, I stayed ever since. It's a terrific program and a great organization. Nice. Nice. Was that kind of humbling to uh, go into a beginner's program, even though you had at least one marathon under your belt? You know what? I was so thankful for the support. I don't think my, my mindset was like, I'm starting all over again. I just felt like I'm ready for this. 
Mm-hmm. And I had this great group of trainers and support system. And from the moment I got there, uh, I felt like, okay, I, I, I feel like I could get back into running again. So it was great. Nice. Mm. nice. Excellent. So tell us about the front runners and kind of what it was like pre-pandemic and mm-hmm. how it's kind of unfolding right now as, as we're coming toward hopefully the finish line with the pandemic. Oh, Yeah. So pre-pandemic days, do we even remember those days now? It's know, right? so long ago. <laughs> you sound kind of mi- you sound kind of misty when you talk yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> Cast yeah. your mind back. <laughs> way, way back, you know, back in the day, you know. Um, so such a dynamic group, uh, events just about every day of the week, probably anchored by some big runs, uh, we call fun runs, you know. So on Wednesday evening in Central Park. Probably get like, I don't know, 25 to 60, depending on the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Saturdays was always a big straw. Uh, I think the Saturday before the pandemic, someone took a picture. What we usually do was uh, drop off our stuff in the basement of a church. Uh, they have like a big gym there. So mm. we drop off our stuff and then we go running, come back and have a bagel bagel breakfast, we easily had like over 100 people there. And so that was like, you know, then we had long runs on the weekends on Sundays, there's swimming uh, associated with front runners through the multi sport. Um, There's trading on Tuesday nights, Thursday, our Brooklyn group also runs. So every night there was something everyone was running together, doing their sports together, training together, Uh, then COVID hit. And mm. it was really soon, you know, being in New York, things got ser- scary very quickly mm-hmm. and things were shutting down. And as a result, we had to stop all in-person activities, right? And it was a shift for us. Like we never, like, you know, no one's been around for over a hundred years since the, you know, Spanish flu of 1918. <laughs> yeah, so right. we had to figure out with city, state and, you know, CDC what, what we could do. And for a while it was only um, like Zoom events, you know what I mean? So we had, uh, doing Zoom kind of happy hours lasted for a couple of sessions, but you know, you, if you had 40 people on there, there was no way to really structure it. You know, it was, so we, we had to take a step back and there was book clubs mm. and other things that kind of kept us connected mm. in a way that was safe and kept us, you know, engaged in the club. And so mm. we could start to slowly open. I think that was in about July and we did a few fun runs. I think on uh, I think we started off on Wednesday evenings, and and then back in I think in December January we did uh, the Saturdays. And all, every committee found a way to reopen when we could. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's beautiful to see us now kind of getting together. And as things have. Uh, thankfully um, improved in New York where we're able to do much more um, of our front runners events, including, you know, there's always been in-person races at some places that outside the city, but this Saturday we have our Brooklyn LGBTQ plus pride run. And um, Mm -hmm. a lot of us are going to see each other there. And then front runners, um, Pride run will be in Manhattan. That's on the 26th of June. So 
it feels like a really good time right now. We're really, really happy to be on the other side of the pandemic. That's exciting. How many runners do you think you'll have at that Brooklyn event? I think we were capped. At, we have three different running times. I want to say it's 10, 10, 30 and 11. Don't mm-hmm. quote me, but there's several hundred there, you know, uh, times launches. So it's all very safe. And mm-hmm. um, we're staying with the New York City rules. And I mm-hmm. think uh, for the Manhattan one, I think it's about 4,200 runners that will have. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I have to say that's very New York to start so late, to start at mm-hmm. 10 or 1030. Like, I just <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, uh, when I was in the magazine world, I remember this one woman told me she worked in New York. And so, you know, she was used to like getting to the office at 10, which just seems so late to me. And she goes, my mother called this morning at 8 a.m. And I just looked at her. I'm like, I'm sorry, what's the astonishing part of that sentence? Like, I don't get it. She's like, and she was like, she called so early. And I'm like, um, 8 a.m. is not early. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for New York, you're right. We need to, a little time to kind of come to on Saturday. But also we have, we have people coming from, believe it or not, like, you know, Long Island, you know, oh. you know, Westchester, we need, we need people to, you know, to get here, you know, okay. so uh, yeah. Right. Okay. All right. This isn't just a sleeping in and enjoying no. your coffee yeah. thing. Okay. Yes, right, right. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll cut you some slack then. All right. Um, so, so talk to us about the importance of having a club for LGBTQ plus runners. I, I think of an article in last week's New York Times food section about restaurants aimed at queer patrons. And it, I really, I thought it was a fantastic article and just talking about the importance of having those communities and safe place yeah. and all that. And, and so what does front runners provide for you that a running group that's predominantly heteronormative wouldn't? Yeah, yeah you're so right, Sarah. It is about community and belonging for some people who join our club were the first club that they belong to where they're coming out and they mm. feel like I am creating new friendships, getting the support system I need. And it's such a healthy organization too. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we're, we're there for you. It's, it's a place where you could talk after a run um, you see it also with the beginners clinic, you know, for some members, just finding that safe place where mm-hmm. you can experience um, running and w- with people who might, you know, just instantly get you. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's, it, but we also have a lot of allies who are straight and, and join us too, uh, which we're really welcoming and thankful for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So can you give us an example of what, of what this looks like? What, uh, you know, what, what is an event or, um, you know, um, whether it's in person or online that makes it a welcoming space for the LBGTQ plus community? Oh, absolutely. One thing that we introduced over the past year, um, and I'm going to give a shout out to our Brooklyn group that introduced this is, you know, when we first kind of get together, some people know each other week by week, some people are new or coming with a friend. So we kind of, if we have any club um, announcements, we start with that, like, oh, don't forget to sign up for this, you know, for the pride run, or uh, there's these events coming up this week. And then afterwards, within our circle, we make an introduction of our names and our pronouns. 
Mm-hmm. And that's especially important, I think, for gender nonconforming. We just want everyone to feel like my name is Lisa. And I just say, I'm Lisa, and I use the pronouns she and her. Mm-hmm. And it gives everyone an opportunity to feel like we're respecting them, who they are, and their, and their pronouns. So it's, I think it's brought a really uh, a new and welcome addition to our routine. Nice, nice. nice. So Lisa, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, we know you're very involved in the Front Runners Fun Runs. So tell us about how those runs kind of feel, look, sound different than say events hosted by um, the larger New York Roadrunners or like a random Turkey Trot or 5K. And and do you think having Front Runners sponsored events helps ease any anxiety that you might have had, like any you know new or returning runner about starting running and racing in your 30s and 40s and you know I think any and every newbie runner can feel anxious and awkward at those first few races oh yeah absolutely all right so I'll start about the fun run right mm-hmm. how it might be different from some of our other like training runs maybe you're gearing up for a half marathon or a marathon and we'll definitely get you there fun run is all about the fun right there's no <laughs> like it's really the spirit of it's like come and if if it's in central park or if it's in brooklyn you name the location it's an easy you know there's it's like either three mile four mile five mile we we have people if they're new we ask them okay what's how far you want to run today and what pace and we'll kind of pair you up with someone so you mm. get to know the park and know your fellow uh, front runners for that night you know so we mm. never leave a runner behind everyone's always mm-hmm. going to be paired with uh, someone so the fun run is f- about the fun and uh, you know pre-pandemic times we used to you know have dinner afterwards too and we're starting mm-hmm. to ease back into that too so um, that's that's it so um, and your second question about how you kind of ease the anxiety about new runners or returning to run Part of that is the introduction of, you know, when we're in um, doing the fun runs, right? We always want to feel like you're supported. We're, n- we're not going to leave you alone to run Central Park uh, alone. You know? um, and also, like, I think we have so many different ways and uh, committees that people so they could start feeling like they, they have the support they need, whether it's... Um, you know, I'm just starting from, you know, couch potato and I want to do the, you know, the, the, the pride run, or um, I want to, you know, one day do a half marathon and we have coaches within our wonderful organizations that will help you. So yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we, we love the emphasis on fun. That yeah. is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we realize every runner's lived experience is unique. Um, but do you think that LGBTQ plus runners have any different concerns while running than cisgender heterosexual runners do? Um, maybe it's safety or what else are we not thinking about here? You know, safety comes to mind, um, especially with, you know, the history in our community. And I think safety comes to mind for a lot of runners today. One of our runners um, she's Asian American by background. And she also, she joined the beginner's clinic because she wanted to get faster in case something happened to her, right? You know, mm. she can. So uh, I think safety is something that's paramount uh, um, to our, our particular community too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And do you feel there's safety in numbers? Um, Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And since our club is really, you know, I feel like everyone has your back. There's something, a sense of, again, of community that Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're not in it alone. You know, some people just love to run by themselves. You know, there's a place (laughs) and a time for that. But I think uh, there's something beautiful about running with your fellow runners too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I trust there haven't been any ugly incidents as you all have been running as a group. Not, not in my time, you know, not mm-hmm. that I've known. Uh, we're mm-hmm. also, I, I got to tell you, running in Central Park, usually, you know, even pandemic, there's been a lot of pe- runners throughout that time. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's been uh, a really supportive way to continue running uh, mm-hmm. in this city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're trying to make the another mother runner community to be more welcoming and inclusive to a wide swath of runners, including LGBTQ um, plus ones. So, any thoughts on how we could do that? You know, and and same for any members of running groups. If their local community doesn't have a resource like front runners, how can they make their group more open and welcoming? You know, that's a great question. I think just like podcasts like this is great. This creating um, an opportunity of awareness. You know, mm-hmm. I think if uh, if a club has uh, a new runner that's a part of the LGBTQ community, um, uh, asking them if they have any particular, you know, um, you know, if the pronouns is important to them for our, our, our transgender community. What pronouns mm-hmm. do you use? Right. You know, um, and just, I think it's just, you know, starting that friendship. And I think everything else kind of comes along with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so um, we touched a little bit out on this earlier. We were talking about, you know, post-pandemic life. And so um, for you personally, do you have any races on the docket this year? <laughs> you know, I didn't do a lot of uh, in-person races last year. Uh, I don't think I've did any actually. So I have two coming up this month. So I, I think I told you about the two pride runs. And then I have friends from college and we're talking about doing something maybe in New Jersey in the fall. So uh, it's, it's a way for us to train for something together, right? <laughs> Separately, because they're all in different states, but they have a goal in mind. We did that um, in the Philadelphia, I think it could have had like a I think it's like an 8K and a half marathon and a marathon on the same weekend. And we did that, I think in 2019. So now mm-hmm. it's starting to get back to like, hey, we could all train for something, maybe different distances, but the same weekend. Let's let's start, you know, planning that out. It feels really exciting to be stepping back into that world. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And is there a, a sense in New York, a sense of excitement about the New York City Marathon coming oh, back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can tell you when they started, New York Road Runners started sending out emails that you have automatic entry. Uh, mm-hmm. That my, you know, my social media was blowing up as people were like, "I got in, I got in." I don't know if I want to be in, but, but I'm in. And what year are you in? So wait, it, 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 yeah, So I don't know if anyone here has signed up for it, but uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. So how did they do that? Did they like draw back on if you'd volunteered and? 2019 yeah. or something. Uh-huh. I think if you met all the requirements for 2020, which got canceled, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. they sent out to you, okay, now you, you're in for 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, some people I heard got in for 2022. And oh. it's, just, it's just if our running community and all the runners out there are ready for, you know, it's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. 
months away. So, um, yeah. so it's exciting. It is. Yeah. I really think that in Boston and Chicago coming yes. back are really just a sign of that. We're back. We're getting back to normal people. This is, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Good times yeah. ahead. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lisa, and sharing with us. Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Stay well. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Our next guest, as I said, is also with Frontrunners New York. Sybil Lamarck is the Women's Vice President of Frontrunners New York. She joined the club in just 2019, but she's already well enmeshed in it from what I can see. On the club's board page, Sybil admits her motto is one I know Dimity would love. It's, if I can't run it, I will be your biggest cheerleader. We love that attitude. Uh, Sybil is an architectural designer. Thanks for joining us, Sybil. Thanks for having me here. Uh, It's going to be a great opportunity. How are you doing today? Very good. Very good. Exciting to be talking. So Sybil, give us some background on running. Um, How long have you been at it and um, what prompted you to join the front runners? Um, I've been, I I have to say, I started running on a treadmill. So um, I think this was about 10, 15 years ago, I started running, but I was never running competitively. It was just uh, going to the gym, uh, working out, uh, swimming and doing all of those, uh, uh, we call it uh, gym related uh, sports. And I think it was back in 2013 or 2014, I did my first run with um, outside of front front runners um, in Long Island. I used to live out there. Mm-hmm. And then I started to get the runner's bug and <laughs> I started running outside after that race. And um, <clears throat> I was, I think uh, I moved back into the city and was looking for a running club uh, back in 2016. And um, I remembered that for every pride run, um, for every pride march, uh, there was a, a running club there. And I looked them up and I said, you know what, let me try this club. I had uh, tried and spoken to a couple people from other clubs and I just did not mesh that well. And I joined Front Runners, I think right after I had done the um, Fred LeBeau uh, half marathon. And mm. um, I got there, I went to one of the training sessions and although I was the only female there, the guys welcomed me in and made me feel like I was at home. And it has been um, a, such a wonderful journey ever since. Um, I have nice. to say that like, you know, it, it's funny, I speak to some, so many new members that we've had and we've had so many uh, new members in co- uh, this year in 2021, in spite of having been infected with a pandemic. Um, it, it's just amazing how <clears throat> we have so many of these new runners and, and they mm-hmm. always tell me that it's, it's the energy and the camaraderie in the club that keeps them coming. Mm, nice, nice. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued that you talk to other clubs because, um, you know, I, I know you're Haitian American. And so I was intrigued at what prompted you to opt for an LGBTQ plus running club rather than say Black Girls Run or even the larger New York Roadrunners Club. Um, I had, uh, I went on the website for a couple of different clubs and it, it's quite interesting. I, I got to one part of the club where they, you have to put your speed in. And as mm-hmm. soon as I put my speed, which was not fast at all, um, mm-hmm. I got the, I'm sorry, we're only accepting people that run a 730 mile. Oh, geez. So that, yeah, that, that was never going to happen. It wasn't going to work out. And then I, I spoke to some other people on, on some other clubs and it, it's just, I, I just didn't mesh very well. Uh, so mm-hmm. therefore I, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to my home. I'm going to go with the people that I know have always, have always welcomed me, always accepted me. Um, <clears throat> I am gay myself. I'm a, a lesbian. So mm-hmm. it was very comfortable for me to, to walk into front runners and to be around. It was like around my family. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like. It was a very welcoming, very loving club to uh, to join. That's uh, I have to tell you the truth. I looked into um, Harlem. Um, I think it was Harlem um, Harlem Run, mm-hmm. and I think it was because of uh, back then. I think it was because of the scheduling that I said, "All right, you know what? Front Runners works better with my schedule." And then I mm-hmm. went with the Front Runners to, to. I said, "Let me try Front Runners out and see how." well the club is going to be and i've been in, in engulfed in activities with front runners ever since mm-hmm. nice nice i love you saying that you ladies do it any feels like family yeah um, do, do either one of you do any running oh yeah 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 yeah. Both of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah very much runners but but i am not a member of a running club and i have i've never been a member of a running club um to one of you should come to like you know one of our front runs either wednesday or saturday and Get engulfed in front runners. <laughs> You're very sweet. I uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon. I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut, so I I do know New York a bit. Um, but um, yeah, I, the the going and and being at a certain place at a specific time. Sometimes I feel that you know um, puts a constraint on me that I'm like, oh oh, I don't know, I don't know, you know. So that it's that commitment to a, a larger group that sometimes keeps me. I think that's what keeps me from joining a running club. Which is, which is really funny because I thought that too until I started running with the club. And then there are days that I don't want to get up. I don't want to run. But I know that someone out there is waiting for me to run. Or mm-hmm. I agreed to run with somebody who's just brand new. who's It's their first time running. So I agreed to like, you know, run with them during the front run, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or or did a, a, a training. We have trained um, coach trainings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And there's been a couple of times when there has been a new person, a new female or a new male that didn't feel comfortable running themselves, but would feel a little bit more comfortable if they had somebody running in their pace. So mm-hmm. I would go there and it keeps me running and it keeps me focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very that's nice. Nice. That's nice to find something outside of yourself that gets you out the door. Yeah. Plus it's, yeah. it's, it's also my uh, best stress reliever mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. being yeah. in New York and, and being an architectural designer and having to be uh, on site and deal with contractors and have to deal with all of the <clears throat> ups and downs of architecture. Um, it, it definitely, definitely is worth going out on a regular basis, four to five times a week, maybe even more some weeks and, and just going and releasing all my stress by running. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. So at times I think the majority of women runners have felt unsafe, threatened, or simply nervous out on a run. So as a Haitian American lesbian runner, can you share any on the run experiences that have made you feel not safe and and does who you are or what you look like ever determine your running route? I uh, have always never had an issue running. However, I know of uh, quite a few women that are not comfortable running at certain hours or in mm-hmm. certain locations. However, myself, um, I'm quite comfortable. I, I run in Central Park quite a few times. And if I'm not in Central Park, I'm on Riverside Park. Um, and I go anywhere from, I'll go by myself anywhere from eight o'clock up until like midnight. Uh, I'm quite comfortable in the park. Uh, But one of the things that I've noticed with myself is that even if I go running, um, I only have like one AirPod uh, AirPod on or Mm -hmm. just so then I could hear if there's any anybody coming around me. Because a lot of times you don't realize it. And then there's a cyclist behind you. And if you're not paying attention, um, it could it could end up really bad. But I have never, I have not had any issues uh, with running or even feeling uncomfortable running. Um, I do know that there are some women that in, in in front runners and outside of front runners that do have that uncomfortability when um, 
it, it hits a certain time. They, they won't go out at seven, eight o'clock. And I've never, I've been one of the few uh, people that um, have been comfortable in the park. So mm -hmm. I, I guess that has never affected me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good to hear. Nice. I'm one of the few, what can I say? <laughs> no, actually we have a couple, quite a few runners that, that do ever since um, COVID, ever since the lockdown, uh, due to their, their professions that they, um, have to be whether they're have to be in the hospital early morning and we would see that they would come out at like two three four o'clock in the morning or sometimes 12 o'clock mm -hmm. 11 o'clock um when mm -hmm. it was when everybody else was home and that's the time that they found they were able to go out so even in the pandemic i think they're i think the latest i've gone out this year or mm -hmm. last year ever since the lockdown probably about 10 11 o'clock at night and i've been wow. running by myself so wow. wow so are you typically a nighttime runner i am a nighttime runner i it's very hard for me to get up in the morning unless it's race day. Uh-huh. Wow. I admire that. I, I so shut down at the, at the end of a work day. I'm like, <laughs> stick a fork in me. I am totally yeah. done. Yeah. It, it's yeah. funny because um, I, I, I've spoken to a couple of people that are morning runners. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, like super early, like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, early, early morning, three o'clock, three thirty mm -hmm. in the morning. Ooh. And I give them credit because I, I, it's very difficult for me to do that and, and to motivate myself to, to, to get up and go. Um, yeah. but then they've tried to work, to run at night. And then they were like, well, how do you do it? I said, well, you basically have to give yourself a couple of hours prior to eat after you eat. It's like a mm -hmm. whole, it's a whole like a uh, different regime that you have to hold in order mm -hmm. to be able to run at night. Cause you find that majority of the time it's, it's, it's different because one, um, similar to running in the morning, there's going to be less people out there. So you have to be a little bit, I guess you have to be aware of your surroundings, not so mm -hmm. much be uncomfortable, but just more like be around, be aware of what's around you at all times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to New York, it's, I guess it's a New York thing for me, but yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I just find it very interesting that um, when people switch from running in the morning to running at night, it's like a whole regime that you have to do. You have to like do this whole routine in order for you to be able to run. I mean, mm -hmm. running in the morning is extremely difficult for me, but running at night is it's, I could get out and do 10, 15 miles on, wow. on a Monday or Tuesday after I've had like, you know, an eight to 10 hour work day. Oh my gosh. Wow. My, <laughs> my hat is off to you. That is amazing. <laughs> um, but it also, I would think it seems like a very, the city must seem very different. It, it, I, I mean, uh, obviously New York is a city that never sleeps, but you know, I would think it's quieter. Um, there's, you know, fewer crowds. Um, I think it would make for a different experience of the city. And my parents lived in New York city a, a million years ago in the I guess the 1950s. My dad used to love to walk around the city at night and um, he would speak very fondly of doing that. So I think there's something a little magical about being out in New York City at night. There is, uh, it's interesting that you say that because I always tell people there's uh, there's two different types of Central Park. There's Central Park before seven, eight o'clock in the evening and then there's Central Park in the evening. And if you happen to run by yourself in Central Park in the evening, run around the reservoir and, and you just have this completely different feeling because during the day when you're there, you're always surrounded by people. Um, it could be 15 people, it could be 300 people, but you're always around people. And then when you have it at night, the whole park is yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 it has like two different personalities. Mm -hmm. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I know, Sybil, that you didn't have a ton of in-person time with the club and other members before the pandemic arrived, but um, take us back to your first year with Front Runners and share some of your in-person experiences with the club, please. 
Ooh, in-person experiences. Oh God, I think I cheered on everybody uh, in the club <laughs> and I continue to do that. <laughs> um, my first year at Front Runners, I had, I think I, yeah, that's right, that was 2019. Um, my first marathon was in 2018. So I um, already had uh, a marathon and a couple halves underneath my belt before I started running. But <laughs> it, it was like, like going to a Saturday morning um, fun run and like, for the first, I think it was my first uh, Saturday fun run I did because I was um, always working. Mm-hmm. The first one that I actually went to, there was a group of maybe seven or eight women and they were just so welcoming. And well, what are you running? And uh, are you comfortable? Or is it your first time running? Oh, you've done a marathon before. What pace are you running? And they took the time out to find out who I was. And to me, that was just like, you only get that with friends. You only get that with like certain individuals. And the club really made me feel comfortable that then I came back the next time. And you know what, there was like less women, but the guys did exactly what the women had done the first time. Hey, how are you doing? Welcome back this. And they, they, they just kept on welcoming me until like, you know, I like, you know, wanted to do more in the club. Um, when I first uh, came to Front Runners, I, I came in on, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, outdoor training that we have. Um, our coach training and it was mm-hmm. a great opportunity to to see like you know how front runners um, just how they, they they coach and and like what's involved with that and, and be having the opportunity to to speak to the coaches to have like kind of like an unofficial one-on-one but because there's not that many people um, that had showed up because it was freezing that day um, <laughs> I got to speak to him and find, uh, coach Micah and got to find out like you know uh, what was like, you know, what was his impression and, and how does his routine, um, what's his running routine? And does he like, you know, change his routine when does he change the way he eats? What's his nutrition like? And just to mm-hmm. be able to talk to all of the runners and to find out that information. Um, I think my first um, race that I did with front runners, um, I believe it was the um, women's half marathon the shape mm-hmm. half marathon oh yeah yeah oh, great yeah. race yeah in april yeah mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. the the one year that it was like 95 degrees outside oh, yes that's, that's the one that i went to <laughs> lucky you <laughs> yeah lucky me right <laughs> no but it was great because even people that i didn't even like know because i just had the front runner shirt on it's like there was somebody cheering at harlem hill and i'm sure you, if you go, if you're familiar with central park everybody knows harlem hill mm-hmm. it's like yeah. the evil it is absolutely not the hill you want to run up twice, but you do. Um, but it was like, there was there was a couple members there. And just because I had on the front runner shirt on, it's like, they were cheering you on. They were like, you know, coming close to you and saying, you got this, you got this. And just giving you that extra oomph that you needed to get yourself through to the next mile, through to the next water station and get you going. And it was just like coming in to like, to finish off the race and just having like the cheer zone there that is like mm. roaring whenever they see somebody in a front runner's jersey or singlet. And it's just such a great feeling. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. So um, I understand that the club hosted its first women's plus race in April and um, we're big fans of women's races. Women's <laughs> that the club has bumped up inclusivity even more um, with the plus designation. So tell us about that event. Well, what had happened, what happened, what what had happened? Well, what happened was um, I noticed that 
Um, although we were doing some uh, members only races and activities and runs so that people would feel, wouldn't feel like they lost all the, like, you know, the ability to race, but they would still like and race and, and compete against each other in the club. I, I noticed that there was maybe one female here, maybe two females at an, uh, one of the event, at another, another event, maybe um, another female at another event. And I really wanted to, um, do have a race or an activity, whether people were running it, walking it, crawling it, cycling it. <laughs> but we were as women and as a, um, a community would come together and would run this to, a, as a community. And so I decided to myself and the women's committee uh, chair, um, we both decided, Mel uh, Camaricho, we both decided that, you know what, let's, um, let's work and promote an all women's, a war women's plus where even if you are a, ma a male member of the, uh, the club, you're welcome to join, but this is to promote, to get women out, to get women, um, the camaraderie of our community back up again, to get our women back running. Because at the same time, there weren't very few women that were attending any of our events and there weren't very few men that were posting on Strava mm -hmm. or Facebook that they were out and running. They were posting that, no, um, I'm just sitting, I'm not ready to go out yet. So I wanted to give them a platform so that they could go out and they could run and they could feel comfortable. And mm -hmm. we ended up doing it on April 20, fourth if I'm correct I might mm -hmm. be off it might be done in the 25th and mm -hmm. we had a great turnout because there was about 14 women that came it rained that morning and I thought mm -hmm. we were going to lose a couple women and everybody had a great time and just going there and just having everybody cheering each other on and just being able to talk to people and being back again and feeling that camaraderie that the club has um, just for like that after just for that day was just an awesome um, awesome feeling and mm -hmm. Ever since then, I have to say that I think, I believe that uh, we have also, thanks to Lisa Teague, I am sure she was just on here a minute ago, um, mm -hmm. who does the beginner's clinic between Lisa Teague and the, the women's committee, I think we have had like on a regular uh, Wednesday night fun runs, we now have at least 10 to 15 women coming mm -hmm. every week like just faithfully coming and running as a group. So mm -hmm. that that's like, you know, that's what I had my intention was, was to get us back up and running, to get us um, the, to the sport that we love to do. Yeah. Why and do you, it was I wonder, great. I'm sorry, go ahead. Why do you think the women were kind of slower to return to in-person running maybe than the men in the club? I, I think that all had to deal, uh, deal with everybody's level of comfort with COVID. Mm-hmm. I think it had to deal with a lot. I mean, we did have a couple women here that were doing it, but they were mostly doing the virtual races. They weren't doing any in-person races. And when we ha when we had the go ahead to start doing like, you know, um, club member um, races and runs, uh, it, it just seemed that there was more men that were more comfortable more, had more of a level of comfortability, maybe because they were running throughout the, um, the pandemic uh, and I was also running out with throughout the, the pandemic, but I also got injured. So a lot mm -hmm. of the times that I wanted to go, I, I couldn't race, but I was there to support everybody as my motto is, if I can't run mm -hmm. it, I'll be your best cheerleader. <laughs> but it, it, I definitely have to say that ever since uh, the Women's um, Plus race has uh, occurred, we've seen an uptick in, in female members uh, attending um, events and also like sending out race reports. There used to be like just one or two women and now we get, we're getting much more women. Uh, we're getting the Brooklyn, we have a huge um, 
community in, in Brooklyn. And you could just see every week, there's a couple of new faces that we didn't recognize or a couple of new faces that you haven't seen in a while in the photos. Mm -hmm. And on in Central Park, we have a fun run on uh, on Wednesdays. And Wednesday is, like I said, it's our biggest night. We, we get anywhere from, I would I would say 12, but it's been, it, it keeps on increasing. I mean, last week we had the Pride kickoff month and mm -hmm. there was a lot of women that had attended. We had our, our front runners and then there were some other uh, groups that supported us, uh, NBR. Um, I think I, there was somebody from Harlem Runs there and there was another gentleman, mm -hmm. I, I can't remember what club he was from, but mm -hmm. it, it was interesting to see that there was over 40, there was about 40 women that had attended. And wow. prior to that, it's, you see women run, running in the park, you see them wearing their singlets for different clubs, but they weren't really like running in a group. They weren't running in pairs. And now you are starting to see that more. So it's a really good feeling, especially in the running uh, community to see that, to see people coming out again and wanting to get back and wanting to get um, like physically fit again. Mm -hmm. exactly. And I think once the races, well, as you know, uh, the races have, um, are, we have some in-person races, but I think mm -hmm. after July 1st, because the uh, um, occupancy has uh, changed, um, mm -hmm. the participants have changed, I think that um, you'll see that a lot more people on the road running, a lot more people will be training for races. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll go back to being a little bit more of the crowded New York City that we're all used to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think we can make the running rainbow more colorful and br bright? Like what advice can you give to members of perhaps other running clubs on how to be more inclusive, whether for LGBTQ plus runners or BIPOC runners? I think for any running club or any community, it, it, it has to just be, be open to welcoming anybody that comes in, be open to, um, to greet people and to, um, I, I don't want to say judge people, but it's like, if you're, if you're in a running club, it, you ladies know, it's like, if you're in a running club, there's always that, um, what do, what do people always tell me? Um, that uh, the running community is special, is already a special place to be. No matter whether you're running by yourself and you're running in the park and somebody passes by you and says hi to you, but, now that you're a part of a running club, if somebody runs by you, you know what, say hi to them, say, say hi, ask them, give them something, give them the kudos. You see them running up a hill and they're struggling, give them that kudos. And maybe next time they'll look at your club or they'll, they'll ask you like, you know, what running club are you with? And then when you're that welcome in, welcome them in and then just, just be open and, and be willing to, um, help the next person. That That's, mm -hmm. I think that's the, the easiest way that, whether it's the rainbow or, or not, it, it, I think that being inclusive in all ways is, is gonna help us uh, generate a more of a feedback from all runners. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that's for me the, the biggest answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Well, um, changing gears a, a tad here, we asked Lisa this question at the end and um, do you have any races on your calendar for this year? Actually, I'm doing Brooklyn Pride uh, this Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, I am doing, uh, of course, our uh, Front Runner New York LGTB Pride Run, which is going to be on the 26th. Um, if you haven't signed up and you're in New York for that weekend, please, ladies, sign up. Um, mm -hmm. And I will be doing the marathon for the next two years. I, I actually got in for 2021 and 2022. So I am so looking forward to that training. 
Oh my gosh. I can't believe that you already know that for the next two years, you're locked and loaded for that. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. what, what happened was uh, 2021, I wait, yeah, 2020, I was already locked in. Mm-hmm. And uh, 2021, because I did not want to go through the craziness of the queue uh, with mm-hmm. uh, New York Roadrunners uh, for uh, New York City half marathon, for the Brooklyn half marathon, for the Queens 10K, all the big races, and yeah. uh, the Bronx 10 miler, I figured, you know, there's another five races. Let me just go ahead and uh, push those forward. And um, that, that way I would get my nine plus one for the New York marathon. And uh, the email came back, said, okay, you've been, you have been selected to, to run the race. Congratulations. You're in for 2021. And I think 20 minutes later, I got the email saying you're in for 2022. <laughs> wow. It's an embarrassment of riches. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my legs could last, but actually yeah. I am trying to uh, increase my running and I am actually trying to do a, um, three marathons this year, two to three marathons this year. So I would love to do, uh, which I'm, I'm thinking about doing a December marathon and uh, for 2021 and then a spring marathon for th- 2022. Wow. Look at you. Wow. All right. You go get it, Sybil. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. It was good talking with you. Thank you, ladies. It was great. Take care. To you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, gosh, now I feel like I'm I'm just so antisocial for not being part of a running club. <laughs> I know, <Come> on, Sarah. <laughs> and also that that sense of I can just see all the people in Central Park with their singlets on, you know. And gosh, I just get the feeling it's it's a um, wonderful to be such a club environment. That's and it's fantastic um, yeah. to have um, ones that people really relate to. So, for sure, awesome, awesome. So, well, all right. Well, if you need something to go with your singlet, whatever it, whatever it says, whatever it looks like, we got our um, go time series of hats. They go with our tank tops because we just feel go is a really powerful word in 2021. So we launched, I think there's four hats. There's one bright pink trucker hat. There's two running hats, including my new favorite, which is gray with kind of a ombre effect of blue and pink and orange on it. It just goes with everything. Um, and then we have a visor because, um, although I look like, um, Sideshow Bob, when I wear a visor, I know a lot of ladies love their visors. So, uh, <laughs> are you a visor person, Amanda, or no? Well, again, the older I get and the hotter I get, <laughs> I, I, I can't even do visors anymore without overheating <laughs> in the summer, but winters. Yes. So. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, you can find those hats, visors, and more more at motherrunnerstore.com. That's motherrunnerstore.com. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm-hmm.